WJFF is currently seeking new members for its Board of Trustees. Perhaps you have experience in human resources, nonprofit administration, finance, marketing, or media. Or maybe you just love your community radio station and you'd like to do more to help. Contact us to see if becoming a board member is right for you. Email manager at wjffradio.org or call us at 845-482-4141. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. This rebroadcast is in honor of my mother, Dorette Petropolis, and all mothers. Speaking with Tanis Kowalchuk. When you said gratitude, the first thing that came to my mind was being so grateful to have had a baby and to now have a baby and to feel so blessed. It was a difficult labor and there was a point where I was really kind of scared and I was, you know, I had the home birth and then I ended up having to go to a hospital and I was just so grateful that I was able to do this and that I had help doing this um, and now so grateful every day when I when I look at this baby when I change him when he talks to me when he when he cries um, I'm just I'm filled with gratitude and and happiness and I have a blessed feeling it's it's, it's wonderful mother mother mothers to give life to to give birth to i've been thinking about my mother let me introduce her to you dorette vexelmann petropolis she was born in 1934 in baden baden germany she had to leave germany with my grandparents my oma and opa because they were german jews she ended up in the san fernando valley of los angeles i first met my mother in houston texas I have to say that neither one of us was ready when she died 16 years ago at the age of 58. I felt like I could disappear without my mother, that that cord had been cut and somehow I could not continue with my life. I did want to go with her. I wanted to be with her. I didn't know where there was, but I was so off kilter, clumsy. I had a feeling of being unmoored as if I could just float out to sea and I don't know. It was a a, a sort of a door opening to my own mortality that was extremely uncomfortable. But in these years, I've realized that my relationship with my mother still continues and that she is with me. She is not from my past, but is still with me. And I can see her dark hair and her grin and her own struggle to become who she was in life, her generosity and the many lessons that she gave to me that have contributed to who I am now. Don't know why the sky is so blue, and I don't know why I'm so. Then I would not 
Hi, my name is Nancy. I do believe that uh, if you live your life the way God wants you to and you take care of your spiritual life, that you 
really in the end all will be all right. All will be all right. And um, that, yes, is very important to me. And in my family, my husband is the same way. He and I together are um, finding how much of a comfort faith is in our life with these changing times. And of course, it has always been uh, important, honestly, because of our children. Nancy, could you share with us who your children are? You said they're special needs, and you're talking about faith, and you're saying that faith has played a very large role in in yourself being a parent, being a, a mother. In what kinds of ways, who are your children? Well, we have two children, uh, two girls, and one is Down syndrome, and the other has cerebral palsy. And uh, the Down syndrome child is really... Uh, a much higher functioning youngster. She's physically well, and she currently lives in a group home, has a little job, and so she's got a little life for herself. She's doing fine. The other child is a year younger than the Down syndrome, the child with cerebral palsy, and lives in a special school upstate New York where, thank God, they have done a, a miraculous job of taking care of her, but she is very medically involved. She's currently entering a time in her life where um, I, I'm beginning to feel that maybe the medical complications are becoming uh, more than anybody can handle easily. But uh, despite that, she does have a, a good, comfortable, and, and I think happy life where she lives. Uh, the people who take care of her uh, are wonderful and have become like family to us. So uh, needless to say, I am eternally grateful to God for having, uh, if these were to be the children that, that my husband and I had, then for us to have become acquainted with a facility like this, it was kind of God's answer to our prayer. Being a parent, what kinds of lessons have you learned from your children and the kinds of children that you are describing that you have who do have special needs? Definitely um, patience, humility, uh, a, a value on, you know, the what, what we tritely call the little things in life. I definitely learned as a parent to take great joy in small things uh, because they accomplished s small, they advanced in small ways along the years and uh, I learned to find that that was important. I learned from my own uh, anticipations about children, I had to make uh, very large adjustments in my expectations for my children. They were not going to go to college. They were not going to get married. They were not going to have children. All the kinds of things that when, you know, you're first married and having children, you anticipate will be part of your future. So that was a, a big adjustment. But over the years, seeing what they had to go through, the child who's Down syndrome, her challenges were very different from the child with cerebral palsy the Down syndrome child lived much more in the world, in the everyday world, and was challenged by that because while many people were very, very good to her, the world can also be cruel. And so she had to learn to adjust to that. It was a great 
benefit to her that she was in the world, but it was also a great challenge. The youngster who has cerebral palsy, to me, the, the greatest thing I, I, I see with her is strength of spirit and patience. You know, to have to wait for every single one of your needs to be responded to, or, or even, first of all, to be figured out because this child can't speak. So someone else has to figure out what is it that she needs and then to wait for that to be fulfilled. I mean, the patience that she has and still in all the spirit to fight on. I mean, I, I, not only that I learned that lesson, but I say I, I thank God for having had the experience of it. You know, not everybody does. And I think that I learned to see it as a blessing and not as a – and initially I did see it as a personal uh, challenge, but I see it now as a blessing. And, Nancy, how long did it take you to see it as a blessing and to work through your own uh, issues, I suppose, your own expectations? It definitely took years. Um, I don't think I'd be exaggerating to say it took 10 years to really uh, come peacefully to terms with it. You know, you realize it at first to the shock. It hits you, and, and all of these things flood through your mind. There's never going to be this. There's never going to be that. She's never going to walk. She's never going to talk. Uh, you, intellectually, you, you realize it right away. But coming really to terms with it, you know, first what happened was you you work to try to find a peace about it. And that, of course, really came with faith and prayer. But it was much later that I learned to see it as a blessing as opposed to a, you know, a disability in my life. So I, I, it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say it was 10 years. And I'm still progressing in learning how to, to um, see things as a blessing. I mean, right now, this period of time, especially with the younger child, coming into a, a more complicated medical situation in her own life. Of course, that comes back on her, her father and me. What will we do about this? What will we do about that? And learning not to panic about it, learning to say, well, all right, this is, this is the next phase. Uh, we'll pray about it, and the answer will come for this just like it's come for other things. I'm much more confident about that now in my life because I've had good experiences with prayer and answers. How old are your daughters? The older one is 39, and the younger one is 38. And you describe still working, of course, through your relationship, as any mother would, any parent would with their children. Absolutely. I mean, I see my friends whose children are this age. I see them still involved as caregivers, advice givers, uh, financial assistance, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, everybody has a little package that they have to deal with in life. And I think it's there to make you better, stronger. And I'm sure over the years you've also had people probably feel sorry for you and think, oh, not just one, but two, both your children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What would you like to share with them and, and with us about what, it is for you being a mother. What does that mean? I think that's probably a very universal experience. But what is it through your own lessons that you're sharing with us that you're learning with your daughters that you would want to share with others? Well, I think that um, 
you you said it exactly right there. All mothers experience uh, pain and joy, uh, fear and uh, exultation. Um, and I think uh, the important thing is to, as they say, roll with the punches, to be able to... Uh, I mean, I think the worst thing is to set yourself the expectation that Okay, they're grown. Everything is taken care of. I'm all finished. No, because you're 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 going to be disappointed. Your mindset has to be you're you're always a parent. I mean, my mother and father were always a mother and father to me. When I was married and had the children, I mean, yes, it was a a kind of a a shock to me to find out what was wrong with them, but it was a shock to my mother and father to see what was happening to their daughter. With her children, so I mean, it it goes on, and that is, I think, what is important that you you realize that that until you die, you are helping someone. The saddest thing in the world is to have no one to worry about or to worry about you. So I think that you know that that's what life is. That life is is growing through these trials and tribulations, learning to step above them and help them, let, use them to make you. Uh, more human, because uh, you certainly see opportunities to look at things differently because of the experiences you have with your children, whether they're physically uh, and mentally challenged like ours are, or whether they're involved with drugs, or uh, uh, in a marriage with the wrong person, uh, or or have you know children that are having those challenges. You know, then you'd be a, a grandparent to them. So. You, uh, I think the big thing is you, you learn to see that, that that's, that's what life is, the journey of becoming more human. And the way that happens is these experiences for good and for bad along the way enable you if you allow them. Don't close off to them. Be open to them and, and learn to. If you need to, get help from other people. Don't be afraid to ask. We certainly have been helped my husband and I tremendously along the way. And all of that has worked out for everyone's enhancement. And, and I do think that, the, that, you know, it is important how you look at things, how you view the lens through which you view things. Uh, you can make it cheery or you can make it teary. And why not make it cheery? Let your life and the life of everybody around you be better what you're experiencing. And I, I think that's an important thing for any mother and father to learn. Thank you so much, Nancy. You're very welcome. Hi, hey! Nadia! Congratulations! Your babies are gorgeous! Hi, Ramsey! Look at them! Oh! I am Ramsey Adams. Ananda Adams. Okay, I have stopped them on Main Street in Livingston Manor, New York, and they have their very new babies with them, their new parents. Could you share with us any thoughts on motherhood, on fatherhood, on parenting? Well, they're, they're twins, a boy and a girl, John Gerald and uh, Penelope Violet. They're about 11 weeks old, and they uh, live over in, uh, in the Beaverkill Valley. They are uh, very um, wonderful and fun, and it's great to be a, a new parent. Ananda, what are some of your thoughts on being a new mother to twins? It's a lot easier in the country. <laughs> it's uh, good fresh air, beautiful walks. And uh, I'm glad to have a supportive husband <laughs> with two. 
It's been great. It's been really fun. What are you thinking about now in this new role? Has anything shifted in your perspective about your day-to-day life, uh, thoughts about the future? Well, uh, baby yoga is um, a key part of it, and and broccoli. Um, We look forward to broccoli because we can't eat broccoli yet because it gives the babies gas. So, you know, baby yoga, broccoli, and um, what else? Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. None of those are allowed anymore. Those are out. <laughs> those are out. So, so you're looking forward to that in your future? <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to that in our future. I work over in Youngsville at Mountain Keeper. The three people I share that office with all have kids, and I feel like it's a big community, and there's just a lot of energy and excitement in this part of the Catskills right now, and we're just totally psyched to be here. My name's Grace Moon, and my mother's Laura Loftus. And I have a memory about my mother's mother. My mother's mother was a very loving woman. And she was probably my most favorite person on the earth at the time that she and I were sharing the earth together. She always welcomed me into her home anytime I was there. She was always welcoming me into her workplace whenever I would go there. She bought me any kind of food I wanted to eat. She always had food in the kitchen. Everything was always prepared for her grandchildren like we were the most important thing on the earth. She was the person who taught me about love. And what is her name? Shay Young Moon. Laura Loftus, your mother, taught your daughter, Grace, about love. My mother loved my children so much that she actually peeled their grapes for them and refused to let them eat the skins or the pits. Now, is that love or what? I'd like to say my mother, Laura Loftus, never peeled a grape and did not get her mother's cooking skills at all. But that didn't take away from my just adoring my children, which I think they know I do. That's true. I would agree. I'm Sharon Malloy. I think the thing I would like to say about mothers and daughters, about my own mother, and what I've learned recently about mothers, is that I think it's always been important for me to think about my mother as my mother. But as I get older, I'm learning to see my mother as not my mother but as just another individual another person on on a path and actually being able to see her as someone other than my identification as a mother she's actually become in my eyes somebody completely different someone uh, with her own potential to find out who she is aside from knowing that she's my mother she's also someone else and I think seeing my own mother do that and trying to um find out who she is on another level is very inspiring and has taught me a lot. When did you start to think about her as someone other than your mother or someone else in addition to being that? In the last few years, I've started thinking about her as another person. As she, as I've witnessed her striving to get to know herself, I became more able to not see her as necessarily my mother, but to see her as somebody else through that process. How would you describe your mother? I would describe her as full of energy, curiosity and wonder at the world, and full of love for everything. And starting to be full of love for herself too, which is the best thing that I've been able to witness, her starting to love herself. What's her name? Barbara. Barbara Malloy. Sharon told me about a physics theory, quantum entanglement, and it's where there are two like atoms. And even when they're separated, when they're in a completely different space, they still act as if they're connected and that they're near each other. And that's what my relationship with my mother feels like. My name is Laura Loftus. I'm Grace's mother. I think being a mother has been the 
greatest lesson for me in learning about who I am, especially having adult children, because they challenge you all the time to be more than their mother. And I have really appreciated that challenge. And at this age, this august age of 70, I realize what I really want to leave my children is a template, to be a template for them. I can, I can leave them money and I can leave them all my possessions, but what I want them to remember about me is how to live and how to die. And I'm one of those lucky people, I think, who are living long enough to be able to have an old age death. And I think that's important. How am I going to show them how to live all the way to the end? So they're, they're not afraid. I want to leave my children unafraid. Thank you. Thank you. Just before my mother was diagnosed with leukemia and died eight weeks later, she gave me an Aladdin watch. I have opened up the package and I'm going to put that little genie around my wrist and remember the possibilities. Thank you, Mom. Dorette, for reminding me of all the magic that surrounds me.
From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power, Sean Colvin, I Don't Know Why, Stevie Wonder, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit TrailerTalk.net. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels. From seeing the world's highest tides. It's not only the largest in the world, it's the largest by 10 feet. And enjoying a stroll in the garden parks of London. We love our gardens, Rick. We tend to compare ourselves with our gardens as Americans with their cars. To tracking a spacecraft sailing far beyond Pluto. This will not just outlive our civilization, it will outlive our planet. There's a lot to discover on the next Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday afternoon at 2. Next time on the New York Philharmonic this week, Yafim Bronfman is the soloist in Beethoven's Piano Concerto No. 2. This is Alec Baldwin. Please join me for a program that also features the Symphony No. 2 by Rachmaninoff. Music director Jaap von Sweden will conduct the New York Philharmonic this week. Tuesday at noon on WJFF. WJFF, Jeffersonville, W233AH, Monticello.